Okay, and could you state your name again? My name's Charlotte. I'd rather keep it at that. Of course. So, can you just walk me through what you saw? Um, sure. So, I work as a bartender at Pickles Pub in Baltimore, right across the street from Cannon Yards. The fans had already rushed from the stadium, and most of our customers went out to the street to watch Sky Turd fly off. The pub was wrecked, of course. So, I was just trying to clean up a bit. I go to the back to get a broom, and I hear this banging. Well, near the back door, there was this chair on top of a floor tile that was bouncing around. And I got nervous. I thought, is a pipe about to burst or something? Then the chair falls over and the panel flips open. And I realized that it's not a floor panel. It's a door. And then what happened? Well, I was pretty freaked out. So I just froze there in shock. And then he climbed out and saw me. And I just said, holy shit, you're Big Joe Bandicoot. This is Beneath the Headlines, 50 Cent Beer Night and a Legend of the Dundalk Upper Deckers. I'm Megan Stanton. Chapter 5. The Aftermath After the dust, or pudding, settled, the cost of cleaning and repairs to Camden Yards was over $2 million. Dive crews went out into the Chesapeake Bay looking for the remains of Sky Turd, but in the end, authorities didn't think it was worth the effort and cost to recover what was left of the blimp. While plenty of their fans faced property damage charges, None of the Upper Deckers themselves were ever accused of any wrongdoing in 50 Cent Beer Night. Not even Mosquito Mossberg for biting that fan. Once he was sober, the fan was actually honored by the bite. He asked Mosquito to sign it. But there was one person who authorities did want to hold accountable. But, as you know, nobody knew where to find him. So, are you ready to tell me? I mean, you heard the tape. I know you were in pickles. Back when Camden was being built, Leon... One of the guys I used to roll with at Memorial had some connections with the managers at Pickles. See, not only was Leon an O's fan, he was also a construction worker for the stadium. So, without boring you with all the engineering details, yeah, he, he built a tunnel. Leon told me about it years and years ago. It's, it's how I snuck back into the stadium after they kicked me out for heckling. Where does it come out in the stadium? Oh, come on now. Can't tell you everything. But while Joe was being pegged by authorities as the catalyst for all this destruction... Baseball fans were pegging him as a catalyst for something else, reinvigorating baseball in Baltimore. Here's Mason, the Oriole vendor. The 2022 season was a record year for attendance. Maybe some of that was ironic at first, but I saw all those Upper Decker fans on 50 Cent Beer Night. They were all there in the stadium again, just wearing orange this time. And it wasn't just the Upper Decker fans. The fanfare surrounding the Upper Deckers and 50 Cent Beer Night renewed the passion from Orioles fans, too. Night after night, Camden Yards was full to capacity. But it wasn't all sunshine on Utah Street. Here's Clara St. Clair. The police should have never put up those billboards. No matter what he did or didn't do, folks didn't see Joe as a criminal, and they let the cops know it. With no leads, Baltimore police began putting up billboards outside of Camden Yards and in Dundalk with a photo of Joe underneath a big red wanted sign. 
listen, Joe's been a big part of both these teams, putting or no putting. If you ask me, the upper deckers didn't do anything wrong. Things just got out of hand. And most fans agreed. After the billboards went up, nightly free Joe chants started to fill the stadium. Here's Mark Jacobson. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me at all to learn that the upper deckers were set up. I think it was a conspiracy. The government is behind it, and the bird was in on it. And Meat Hooks wasn't the only one who felt that way. After the billboards showed up, the bird became a target as well. At one game, as the bird ran across the field, a photo was snapped with a fan holding a sign above him in the stands. You killed Dookie. The Orioles knew something needed to change. Despite it all, 50 Cent Beer Night and the Upper Deckers had become a huge boon for the Orioles, and the team knew it. You know, the Orioles were always just something I felt like I had to be interested in living in Baltimore. But following the Upper Deckers really got me into the game, you know? So, after the Upper Deckers faded away, I found myself missing the game. <laughs> of course, the birds never did get an infielder as fun to watch as old Meat Hooks. Yeah, my time in the majors was fun, but I had had enough. I think I proved what I could do out there. And plus, the majors have that dumb equipment rule about wearing gloves. <laughs> so I said, you know what? The beer leagues will treat me just fine. Like Meat Hooks, a number of the Upper Deckers continued to play in the beer leagues, but some decided they'd had it with baseball completely. One of these was former superstar Chris Davis. After 50 Cent Beer Night, he decided to call it a career after 14 seasons. And he wasn't alone. Oh, after 50 Cent Beer Night, I decided it was time to hang it up. The world just wasn't ready for Mosquito Mossberg. I wanted to be where people would appreciate me for who I am. And that's why I became a competitive eater. That Joey Chestnut won't know what hit him. But one player from 50 Cent Beer Night was very much not done with their baseball career. Not even close. The O's gave me the call just a few days after 50 Cent Beer Night. The pudding wasn't even cleaned up yet and they wanted me and Bowie. A few of the guys I punched out at that tryout were still around. They gave me some shit at first, but I shut them up before long. The Orioles announced they had signed Diana Domino to a minor league contract just one month after 50 Cent Beer Night. She went directly to the Bowie Bay Sox, but she wasn't there long. On June 1st, 2022, she once again found herself starting a game at Oriole Park this time as the first female player in Major League history. She finished the season 10-3 with an ERA of 156 and 380 strikeouts, the most since 2001. She won both the Cy Young and Rookie of the Year awards. And she wasn't the only upper decker to return to Camden Yards. And Mancini goes back to the wall. He's waiting for it. Leaps and takes one away. Jump at Jehoshaphat. Would you look at that? Have you ever seen such a steal, Horatio? Oh, just once, Chip. The night you stole my heart. You know, that Trey Mancini can catch just about anything. So stick around, listeners. He may just catch your heart, too. Settle down, you, or I'll toss you in the dugout faster than you can say, Bodio Dome 22 Skidoo. Top of the fifth coming up. We'll see you back here in a moment on the Orioles Radio Network. That's right. Chip and Horatio grew so popular in Baltimore that fans practically demanded the O's hire them. 
They've been the radio voices of the birds ever since. But what about the face of the Upper Deckers? What about Joe? Over the course of this podcast, there have been a lot of theories as to where Joe was hiding. And I'm sorry to say I can't confirm any of them. Joe never revealed where he had been since 50 Cent Beer Night, but the people want to know. It seems this story fanned the flames of the Baltimore fans' desire for their favorite heckler to return. And they aren't the only ones. Last week, I received a call from the Baltimore City Police. They wanted to know if I'd be willing to put them in contact with Joe. I told them that a journalist never reveals her sources, but if they've been listening to the show, they should already know. You don't call Big Joe. In another unexpected turn in the saga of 50 Cent Beer Night, the Baltimore Orioles and the Baltimore City Police held a joint press conference today imploring the legendary ringleader of the Upper Deckers, Big Joe Bandicoot, to get in contact with them. That's right. The team and police encouraged Big Joe to call them because they wanted to end the years-long manhunt and were ready to, quote, make a deal with Baltimore's favorite fan. The team went on to say that the deal was suggested by an unlikely source, Oriole manager Brandon Hyde. That's right. There was one key player of 50 Cent Beer Night that stayed right where he was. Despite his controversial statements about the Upper Deckers, Brandon Hyde's contract was renewed. And although he still refuses to be interviewed for this story, it would seem he has also buried the hatchet. What can I say? It's quite the deal they're offering me, even though I still don't think I did anything wrong. Big Joe did call the Baltimore City Police. The deal they're offering is straightforward. No prison time in exchange for 162 hours of community service and payment for the damages to Oriole Park. I guess they figured I could handle the $2 million on account of Sky Turd and everything else. Then they're right. No reason to deny it. So does that mean you're ready to tell me where you got the money? <laughs> Not a chance. But the punishment was only the police's half of the deal. Turns out the position was all Hyde's idea. Who would have thought? I guess saving a guy's life really changes a person. I mean, would you say you saved his life? Of course. Thank God I was there. Or he'd still be out on that field. The Orioles are reportedly offering Joe a job to come out of hiding. The title? Director of Fandom. His only duty? Attending every game. With the caveat that I never try to start another baseball team. But that's not all. In a show of good faith, the team announced that next week, in the garden with the Oriole Hall of Fame statues, the Orioles will be unveiling a statue of the everlasting image of the Dundalk Upper Deckers, Dookie. Of course they wanted me to be there for the unveiling, but I told them, I think there's a better man for the job. I consider it the honor of a lifetime. I already have my speech prepared. Would you like to hear it? I'm teasing. Of course you would. Friends, birds, Baltimoreans, lend me your ears. I come to bury Dookie and to praise him. For what was Dookie if not a reflection of ourselves? I can't wait to see that bronze Dookie. Hell, maybe I'll even heckle him a bit. So you're taking the deal then? I'll think about it. Joe, it's a good deal. And don't you miss Camden Yards? I mean, after all this time in hiding, don't you want to be at a game again? Who says I haven't been there already? Wait, what? <laughs> Baba now, Megan. There are people who call him a traitor. There are people who call him Baltimore's favorite fan. There are people who call him crazy and people who call him a hero. 
Of course, I always called him Big Joe. This is episode five of five of Beneath the Headlines, 50 Cent Beer Night and the Legend of the Dundalk Upper Deckers. In case you hadn't noticed, Beneath the Headlines is a work of fiction, but 50 Cent Beer Night is based on the real-life 10 Cent Beer Night, played in Cleveland on June 4th, 1974. Go look it up. It's a wild tale. This season was written by Matthew Shea, Paul Diem, and me, Megan Stanton. The cast of 50 Cent Beer Night includes myself, Dominic Gladden, Eric Poach, Laura Malkus, Matthew Shea, Alix Van Hagen, Michael Zaccardi, Genevieve Demai, Alan Diem, B. Claymeyer, and Paul Diem as Big Joe Bandicoot. The show is produced by Paul Diem, Matthew Shea, and me, Megan Stanton. Jeremy Weinstein is our technical director, with production assistance from B. Claymeyer, Genevieve Demai, Sid Cohn, Alix Van Hagen, Tina Kennedy, and Laura Sly. The show is edited by Matthew Shea, and our theme music is by Daniel Baird Jr. Beneath the Headlines is sponsored by Single Carrot Theatre. To learn more about Single Carrot and their productions, visit singlecarrot.com. 